Hi, welcome to the April episode of the Nebraska Complement Podcast. I'm John Ream, a workers' comp and employment lawyer here in Nebraska, and we're going to talk about workplace safety today, uh, workers' comp issues. Well, we're, what, six weeks into the coronavirus quarantine now, and COVID-19, which uh, started out as kind of a coastal disease, one that was brought over from abroad, apparently, you know, people that were exposed to it during traveling, during traveling, it's hit real hard here in places like Nebraska. COVID-19 is exploding in meatpacking plants, in rural areas, in small cities, all over the country. And these plants include uh, towns and areas and employers that I'm very familiar with, uh, traveling to travel to litigate against quite a bit. Uh, the, the leading COVID-19 exposure county in Nebraska is Hall County, which is the third largest county, Grand Island, home of JBS Swift. And Hall County is about 20% the size of Lancaster County by population, Lincoln, and about 10% of the size of Douglas County, which is Omaha. So, so yeah, they're they're getting hit real hard. Also, Tyson, Lexington is Dawson County, a small county of about 20,000 in population, about 2025 20, maybe, and they are the third highest coronavirus exposure in Nebraska. And it's because they have a big Tyson meatpacking plant there, which. I litigate against quite a bit as well. Um, if you look at the uh, kind of the default art for the podcast, which is a picture of Interstate Eight or a, a, a junction sign for Interstate Eighty, that was actually taken in Lexington back in September of last year, where I recorded the first episode of this this podcast. So yeah, but packing houses in rural areas are now getting a lot of national media attention. Uh, which is unusual. You know, usually it's, you know, people who pay attention to places like this or maybe, a you know, National Employment Law Project or you have some smaller outlets like Mike Elk, Payday Report. But now the national media is paying attention to packing houses now in the wake of the COVID-19 crisis. Call it what it is. So... Why is it that these coronavirus is such a scourge in packing houses? Well, one, can't work from home, can't trim a brisket uh, working from home. You have to do that in person. And there's a high demand for meat now with, you know, people carryouts still open fast food restaurants at least in Nebraska are still open delivery people are cooking more so there's a demand for meat and um, so the house packing packing plants are still open and so that's part of it the other part is that because of the speed of the lines and the the, the demand to slaughter meat people work they're not they're not socially they're not socially distanced, so there's a lot of close proximity of the workers there. And I'll get into it. There's a lawsuit in Missouri that I'll talk about later about line speed, and line speed contributes 
can contribute to COVID because workers you know, don't have time to cover up if they cough or if they sneeze so they can spread infections. So that's, that's part of it. Now, of course, the plants are denying that Tyson, Dakota City, Nebraska, um, you know, is denying it. Of course, the plants are denying it. And then friendly politicians, red state politicians like Pete Ricketts and Christy Nome from South Dakota, Governor Christy Nome of South Dakota, are more or less parroting meatpacking HR, PR people in saying that, you know, the, the occupational exposure isn't there. The problem is how people live, which will suspect in my mind. It, if you've read my blog posts on Corona or even listened to prior episodes, there are some difficulties in showing coronavirus or COVID-19 is strictly occupational because it, it's hard to be it's hard to know exactly where you caught it and you know and I'm not defending Ricketts or Christy Nome or whatever but there is ways that you know COVID-19 can spread outside of outside of the packing houses one is yeah some of the people who work in those packing houses particularly Immigrants, which is it's a lot of the packing house workforce, but it's not the entirety of the packing house workforce. Yeah, they're they're relatively cramped conditions. But why are they cramped conditions? They're cramped conditions because you know, there's a shortage of affordable houses, housing in a lot of these rural communities that house packing houses, and that's an issue that that's gone back a long time. But they don't talk about that when we talk about people get or the media at least in Nebraska doesn't really talk about that in relation to why people are catching corona and secondly it's not the people who are working in packing houses i mean the the people who they know or who they're working with maybe they work in nursing homes or maybe they're working in retail they can't socially distance or work from home either so the people that they're around friends family more likely to have catched to have to to have covid you know from from someplace else too so um but again um you, you look at the high rates of exposure of covid virus for example in grand island nebraska home and big jbs swift plant about 40% of the cases of covid are traced back to the uh JBS plant there so there's individually it may be hard to pinpoint the cause of individual cases but you have to be burying your head in the sand like an ostrich to believe that the packing houses aren't significantly contributing to the spread of COVID-19 so um so I want to talk a little bit about um, kind of in the bigger picture as to why else the COVID-19 may be breaking out in packing houses across the country, really. First reason is, is that 
if an injury happens, illness or injury happens at work and it's workers comp, it's covered by workers compensation. And that's your, usually that's your exclusive remedy for an employee for a work injury. And I'll talk a little bit later about some ways around the exclusive remedy, but work comp is the only, usually the only remedy that an employee has if, if they're injured at work or exposed to disease at work. And with you know lack of enforcement by OSHA, weak enforcement by OSHA, workers' comp is really, workers' compensation is really the only game in town in packing houses. And like I've talked about before, individually, workers' compensation cases for COVID-19 are tough to prove. Because not only do you have to show that the exposure was at the workplace, you also have to show that you were doing something when you were exposed that was work related. You know, it's in the course of in the course and scope of and rising out of two tests. And even if you can prove those cases, they're gonna be fact intensive, lots of lawyer time, lots of investigation. Unless there's a hospitalization or a death, it's not gonna be probably not um cost effective or time effective to pursue a COVID-19 case where there's maybe you're quarantined for two weeks and you don't receive any medical care. So workers' compensation is not really all that much of a deterrent for the, for the plants for, for workers' comp, for, 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 for these injuries. Now, um, it's also interesting that COVID-19 line speed has been mentioned as a reason for the COVID-19 spread within the packing house. And line speed is an old issue in in worker in, in packing houses. And that's certainly a contributing, if not a substantial factor, in the development of musculoskeletal conditions like carpal tunnel, trigger finger, epicondylitis in the elbow, tendonitis, rotator cuff tears in the shoulder. Sometimes you'll have all of those conditions in one arm. So, you know, line speed definitely comes in there. It, but there are some differences between, you know, your traditional musculoskeletal injuries that you have in packing houses and the new fountain, these new COVID-19 exposures. Um, there are some significant, you know, differences, but there are also some similarities um, I mean, first thing first is, you know, they're both, there's both some link to line speed and, you know, the packing houses in, in these musculoskeletal cases, one thing that's different is that generally <clears throat> there's not an argument that the, at least the initial injury is work-related. There may be fights about did they all happen at the same time are they all work related there may be fights about nature and extent but fundamentally at the core there's not a, often a lot of argument that at least some of these overuse injuries from line speed are in fact work related and typically for a lot of these musculoskeletal cases, your carpal tunnels, your, ep your epicondylitis, your trigger fingers, your tendonitis, your rotator cuff tears, 
Usually there's some lost time away from work. Usually there's some significant surgical costs. Sometimes there's permanent impairment or damage to these injuries. And those they can add up, you know, into tens of thousands of dollars coming out of the pockets of the packing houses. But again, they're not slowing down the lines. I mean, the, that's that's a cost of doing business for, for them is that cost of, you know, injured workers. And if it's a cost of business to you know have their employees exposed to COVID nineteen, where you know most of the time they're really not going to have to pay much of anything out in workers' compensation costs. So workers' compensation, you know, is even if it's semi adequate for a musculoskeletal injury, it doesn't really do a whole lot for workplace safety in the packing houses. And certainly, you can see why if workers' compensation being even less of a remedy for COVID-19, you know, gives the packing houses really no reason to change their business practices when it comes to line speed in particular. So another thing that I think is similar between COVID-19 and your traditional musculoskeletal diseases in packing houses are the problems of reporting. Uh, there was an article that came out, was it two weeks ago in Bloomberg? And I think I I blogged about it too, where OSHA is not requiring that packing houses log COVID-19 exposures. And, you know, and and even if, obviously there's, there's, there's not obviously, but uh, under state workers' compensation laws, you may have, have to log those, even if you don't have federally. But oftentimes the federal if you if you log something or report something federally, that's generally when you report something for for state as well, and so I think the new OSHA rule will, and a lot of other employee advocates think this too. The new OSHA rule will encourage the underreporting of COVID nineteen cases, and again, I think there's a lot of underreporting of work injuries that goes on in packing houses. Uh, I think JBS in Grand Island is particularly egregious about this. There's also an article in November from Bloomberg um, <clears throat> that came out by one of the same reporters, Fatima Hussein, who reported about the new OSHA uh, guidelines about COVID-19. And, you know, there's underreporting of injuries. At Amazon, there's discouraging reporting of injuries. So, yeah. If you look at how, you know, the treatment of injuries, whether they're, you know, policies towards reporting of injuries, whether they're musculoskeletal injuries from overuse or whether they're just COVID-19 exposures on the job, there's certainly a, certainly there's reason to believe that both of these are being underreported. And maybe does, does that go just to a general, um, indifference toward workplace safety yeah i think it does so so far this has been a pretty grim podcast um sorry about that you know 15 minutes in but what's maybe different about covid-19 that you know that maybe What's what's different about it in regards to workers' compensation 
in meatpacking houses and in you know, Nebraska in general. So I mean, what is different about it? One, um, the the role of so-called essential workers, again, meatpacking workers are essential workers, and maybe they'll get a little bit more respect as you know people that are absolutely necessary to 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 perform needed services and who put themselves through a lot of risk. So they may, you know, meatpacking workers along with retail workers and delivery employees and drivers may gain newfound respect, which may translate into policy in the legislative arena. But that that's gonna depend on how elections go this fall. And elections are gonna be crazy are gonna be interesting with COVID virus. So I mean there may be some newfound respect for workers in the political arena. Also, one thing that's one thing that that COVID nineteen may change is the relationship between the medical community and between packing houses and the medical community in the towns and counties and areas that they're located in. Generally, for workers' compensation claims, the packing houses tend to try to maintain good relationships with the with the surrounding doctors in the areas, particularly with the surgeons, and you know they're they're they get along pretty well. Um, but this is different um, because of COVID nineteen. Doctors nurses, people work in medical clinics and hospitals are being exposed to this virus. And, you know, they're being exposed because that's that's where the packing houses are. And, um, you know, when, when the clients come in or when the workers come in, you know, the their carpal tunnel, their trigger finger, their epicondylitis, their rotator cuff tears, those aren't contagious. But COVID-19 is, in particularly in Grand Island, Nebraska, there's been a not re- I want to say a revolt or an uprising, but there's been a lot of criticism of lax quarantine policies from the medical community in Grand Island. So, you know, to some extent, maybe the the packing house's own greed and in creating a, a public health hazard may worsen the relationship between the medical community in the communities where they're where they're located at because you know essentially the plants are acting as a public nuisance and public nuisance is something else that's interesting and maybe gives me a little bit of hope about things going forward um in the new york times on friday in bloomberg environmental workplace safety again for team who's seen Bruce Rolfson have followed up about a public nuisance case that was filed in Milan, Missouri, which is home to a Smithfield pork plant. Uh, Smithfield pork plants, very, you know, high incidence of COVID-19 and uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, probably in Crete, Nebraska. It seems like maybe they're underreporting it. But in, in, in Missouri, uh, there was a group that filed a public nuisance lawsuit against Smithfield, not for 
necessarily the workers being injured. It's not the workers filing a workers' compensation case. Because, again, that's limited benefits, hard to prove. They were filing a public nuisance case against against JBS or against Smithfield because of the spreading COVID-19 within the community because of their health and safety workplace safety practices. So essentially instead of workers suing on a tough workers comp case with oftentimes very limited benefits uh, the community can sue or individuals affected by the plant can band together in a collective or a class action case and sue a plant for causing or aggravating an outbreak of COVID-19 in the community. And the, and the public nuisance theory has worked against agribusiness before, particularly Smithfield. There were many successful cases against a Smithfield subsidiary in North Carolina under the public nuisance theory for environmental damage from, from animal husbandry. So it's an interesting legal theory. And apparently also the public nuisance in some places allows for injunctive relief where they could actually get a district court to try to slow down the lines or enforce social distancing in a plant. So interesting. And I hope the case succeeds and I hope other cases move forward in other 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 places and other other packing house towns. It'd be nice to see something like that filed in Grand Island or Lexington or really any place else in Nebraska or any place period where there's a lot of meat packing. One thing that I kind of picked up on kind of looking at the shutdowns up in Fallness for quite a bit, there's a lot of meat packing in places like Pennsylvania. There's a huge plant, I think it's a JBS plant, right, right outside Pennsylvania that I think you know, more or less provides most of, the, most of the meat to the East Coast. So, I don't know. So, anyway, so there's a lot of reason to despair, but there's some reason to hope. And, you know, I'm still working cases and representing clients. And um, so, anyway, sorry for the delay on this, uh, on this podcast. Corona has been really weird for me. Um, been just I've we've been working pretty much full time in our office, and my wife's been home, so there's been more family 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 caretaking and things like that. So I haven't had quite as much time to work on work on the podcast. So, but anyway, there's a lot of good stuff going. A lot of you know good work being done by a lot of people in in law and journalism on the ground in unions trying to you know tell the stories of what's really going on and trying to make sure that people or workers are staying safe during this and in, in the in the underlying communities so thanks for listening in uh still updating the blog once a week i'm really good about that so talk to you later next time and Maybe sometime in the next couple months we'll have a talk that has nothing to do with uh, COVID-19 or Corona. Talk to you later. Bye.